And I want to help anybody I can in the oil and gas space if they want articles on renewable, if they want articles on energy storage, oil and gas, geopolitical, anything like that. Uh, I'll break out a channel for them and feed them whatever topics they want. Welcome to Energy Builders, a podcast about the geologists, engineers, roughnecks, entrepreneurs, and many more that are building in oil and gas. On today's episode, we have Stuart Turley. And Stuart is the president and CEO of Sandstone Group, and as well as the host of the Daily Energy Newsbeat podcast. The conversation with Stuart is really awesome. We get to hear his story about how he worked his way through the technology industry, through sales, and then into eventually oil and gas media and founding his own consulting group. I learned a lot. Super great guy. Great conversation. I hope you enjoy this episode. You know, Stuart Turley, welcome to the Energy Builders podcast, and 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 we'll jump in from there. Cool. Does that sound good? Okay. Well, Stuart Turley, welcome to the Energy Builders podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Well, Adam, thank you so much for your time. I just really appreciate getting to chew the fat with you. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really excited uh, to have this conversation, and. Um, you know, as we were talking offline before this, I mean, you've just got my creative juices. Like, I'm just, I'm excited for this episode is what I'm trying to say. So I hope we can, we can generate some good content and that people are uh, entertained by it, but hopefully learn a few things and, and, uh, and take it away and and are jazzed to go build uh, more things. So like starting off, let's go back to the very beginning. Where'd you, where'd you grow up? Uh, Well, my dad was in the uh, military uh, and my grandparents had a farm in Anadarko, Oklahoma. So even though we traveled around, we would always come back to Anadarko and the farm. And so a cross between military upbringing and going back to the farm, uh, I ended up going to Oklahoma State University and uh, absolutely having a, a blast there. Should have gone in the Army instead of going to college, though. So, uh, and then uh, after that, I got my... M- What's the insight there? Do what? Why should you have gone into the military? What's I, the I spent way there? too much time not studying. I, I should have. <laughs> so... Um, you needed the discipline? <laughs> oh, yeah, I needed the discipline. But I did graduate finally. And um, it's not like uh, John Belushi when he said seven years of college down the drain. I I was out, you know, in a normal time, but, uh, and then I got my MBA at, uh, Oklahoma city university and, uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. So then, um, you know, from there it went on through normal business. So it's kind of fun. Great. And what was, I mean, did you directly right out of your MBA, did you go directly into the oil and gas industry or what was your first? Well, I had a little roundabout way to get to the oil and gas business. And uh, I started out working out of college and uh, uh, believe it or not, um, I uh, worked at Intel and uh, actually started out at Novell, which was WordPerfect and Novell. And then I got hired and recruited from Intel because I sold so much of their um, land desk material software. And so then uh, I really enjoyed working at Intel, worked with the uh, dealer channel and 
and also the supercomputer side and, you know, worked with the dealers that were selling those. Uh, got so much fun in the networking side. We were selling uh, uh, gigabit adapters and a hub for $1,000, and then the reseller would get $1,200 back. Uh, I mean, Intel was just giving money away so they could get into the networking space. It's the goofiest thing I've ever seen. Right. And then uh, from there, I went to work for my father-in-law's company, and it was an absolute wonderful experience. Uh, he was in Oklahoma City, and uh, so we finally got that one sold, and it was uh, a company called United Systems, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We did networking with schools and uh, everything else. Um, and then from there I went to RFIP in Oklahoma city and RFIP was the wireless backbone, uh, cre uh, carrier for a lot of wireless projects. So we would, uh, wa um, do the backhauls from well pads, bring them all the way back in and companies like, uh, Devin, one of our big operations was uh, BHP, and uh, BHP, we did a lot. We also did a lot with Ericsson and uh, a lot of everything from cell towers to uh, also the uh, city of Tulsa. We had an absolute blast with. Uh, Darren was the IT director up there, and uh, I, I have to say we had some fun times wiring the police department and doing wireless. In fact, it was pretty funny. We we actually had a test. We put in high-speed um, wireless so the police could come in. They'd park their car and then just offload all their body cam footage and, and everything else because it was taking hours in the old way. And so they hit it with like, they hit one parking lot with, I think, 50 cop cars and it was cool because they were trying to overload the system and they kind of, I'm like, okay, that's a test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we also worked on uh, things like on the stadium side of things, but uh, getting hooked into the oil and gas was a lot of fun. And is that where, well, let me, let me back up. So out of school, did you study business at school? Did you oh, yeah. study technology? Uh, just business, but I'm a nerd. So, you know, now that you're now that it's OK to be a nerd, I was always a nerd. So <laughs> uh, thoroughly enjoyed learning the technology and uh, being automated uh, as um, as much as we possibly, you know, so. You know, I I have three offices. I can walk in and I normally have 10 screens on each and I just throw my couple laptops down and fire up the office. I have my podcast mics in every one of them. And so it's it's nice to be able to be that uh, gooby even way back when, you know, so. <laughs> right. So so your initial, um, I guess, did you come into, into Intel and the technology in a sales position? Yes. And is that how you were moving through these? It, it's kind of funny. These my, different roles. I found my business card uh, probably about a year ago. And uh, it was actually an engineer is what my title was when I first got hired. And I'm like, I was always in sales. I, I didn't understand that uh -huh. one. But my, my first uh, business card with Intel was an engineer. I don't know if that was a typo or not. But um, so you got your... 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. go ahead. Well, I'm I'm just thinking. So when you got to RFIP, right, uh, here in Oklahoma, then that's where you kind of got your first taste of oil and gas. Is that correct? That you is correct. Devin, BHP. Yep. And and you were connecting. I'm, what, I'm guessing offices uh, no, with uh, the oil field? Uh, the uh, oil field well pads. And we also did things like uh, One Oak uh, up in the uh, Wyoming area with uh, cellular. Uh, you take a look at Devon, you take a look at the others. Every well pad comes out and then they'll fan out on radios, either using Cambion or uh, ABB or any of those. And so when a, you bring a tower in, you drop it and then it'll fan out. So people on your podcast, I'm holding my hand up. So that I'm, you know, fanning it out and then you'll fan it out so that the SCADA or the data coming in from the well pad can then be transmitted miles back to accounting. So does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, thank you for that explanation. And so you get your taste there at um, of the oil field. Right. And then what's what's next? At, at what's I mean, did you say that you guys sold RFIP? Was oh, that, no, I, I was went that a business? Then from, from there to uh, Intercom. And Intercom uh, had the Oil and Gas Investors Conference. And with the Oil and, and Gas Investors Conference, uh, it was a lot of fun because... It was uh, really the uh, investors conference where everybody uh, went in and I was a director there. And it was fun working with the uh, investors, the investor relations, uh, working with oil companies on their websites and really digging into that kind of side of it. But uh, we also had uh, the Dallas and then the Denver events. But then I also helped out with the uh, oil and gas 360 website. And so with that website, it was a hoot. It was uh, Reuters. Uh, our SEO value was so good that uh, even Reuters had paid to be on the site and uh, everything else. So because I could put an article out there and it would drop up to the number one slot, just pop right up into the. So, you know, with oil and gas and energy, uh, that takes some really high-powered high SEO to be able to lob it to the top since those are so well uh, searched. And uh, had well, a... Let's talk about that a little bit, Stuart. Let's yep. talk about that a little bit. How, how did you know when you started working on that website? I'm guessing you're helping with the design of it, but particularly copywriting, writing articles for the website. Yep. How did you know what would make good SEO? Well, it's a uh, it's a bit of a problem because uh, everybody anybody that says they know SEO, shoot them, run away. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we should explain also in case anyone listening doesn't right. know, SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. That correct. Is, that is correct. And um, and uh, what happens? Uh, Doctor Google changes his algorithm all the time. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, as soon as you learn something about the algorithms or you, what you think works, it doesn't work five weeks from now. What has always worked is intelligent thought leadership. And if it's original content, 
it works. So if you write your articles in its original content, now you can have news feeds on your site and Google likes the volume, but you got to put a publisher's note right in there so that it's got original content. You've got to be able to then flag it as a note in there. You also have to backlink it in into it, and you just can't copy and paste pictures in there. You actually have to import them in. You have to tag them the same as the title uh, that you have on the article. You have to put a correct source in it. And then there are the uh, tags. Uh, so doing a total single article, even if it's imported in, is not just something that is looked at that way. Now, when you say import, if you're doing an article, import it in, what, what, do, you, what do you mean by that? Um, it's RSS feeds. Um, and so when, when you take a news feed from anywhere, and on my, my Energy News site is now energynewsbeat.com. And at energynewsbeat.com, I want everybody to use my RSS feed. So all the articles that come off of my website goes to them because I get the backlinks. Ah, mm. so and I want to help anybody I can in the oil and gas space if they want uh, articles on renewable, if they want articles on um, uh, energy storage, oil and gas, geopolitical, anything like that, uh, I'll break out a channel for them and feed them whatever topics they want. And that helps gotcha. both of us. But, yeah. But SEO well, I want still to talk has about to be more of the Sorry. Sorry, Adam. No, you go ahead. The uh, SEO has to be what? It still has to be tuned for each site. And so right. um it still has to get into that uh even though it does fan out for me, the backlinks help me, but then again I turn around and help everybody else on how they're supposed to do it on their side. Gotcha. So you go you you get to intercom working on the oil and gas 360 right. website you're writing there you're making connections with energy investors working on this stuff what's next well um i uh was doing a podcast with michael tanner and uh we got that podcast up to about 25,000 uh, views per show. Uh, and so uh, at Intercom, they wanted to bring that back behind a paywall. So uh, we went ahead and went out on our own business at that particular time. And since then, um, uh, Michael and I have been running uh, Sandstone Group. And with Sandstone Group, we are a consulting uh, house and we would take uh, oil and gas data from the well pad. You can see a pattern, Adam, coming up here. We would take data from the well pad, bring it to accounting, and then even bring that to the investors. But it, all of this has one thread of common uh, uh, throughout the whole thing. Even when I was back working in Oklahoma City, it's all about industry thought leadership. So people want to buy from leaders. So as I was creating this, what I created in a machine for my clients um, was based off of experience that I had when I was working in Oklahoma City. And that is, 
you create uh, the mechanism for automation. So in a thought leader, you get a CEO. You make sure that that information is then published either in a podcast or an article, uh, and it gets dropped down to the website. From the website, it gets funneled out to all social media. And then you take the podcast and you embed that in the article. You embed the YouTube in the article. And then you transcribe the article. You do all of those things. Um, in podcasters, there's only about 17% of the podcasters do video and sound. And so instantly, as soon as you do video and you put the video out there, you're in the top 17% of the podcasts that are out there. Very few... Noted. <laughs> very few are doing everything that we're doing. I mean, right. I don't know of anybody else that does it the way I that we do it. And, and uh, yeah. there are great, great podcasters out there like Mark LaCour, uh, great, great, cool dude. Um, but he's got his podcast regime built up in a different way. And his is oil and gas. Ours is energy because I love talking to CEOs about nuclear. I love talking to like the CEO in Norway uh, from uh, Fry Battery and a uh, renewable energy storage, getting to visit with uh, folks about the grid because we need all forms of energy, but we need oil and gas to get there. We need oil and gas to survive. We need to bring the lowest cost kilowatt per hour to all people of the world. And right now, renewable, when you're printing money, it creates inflation. When you're using low cost uh, natural gas, that gets people out of poverty. So I think we need to use renewable solar, wind, everything, but let's also use a lot of the natural gas and, and oil in order to get there. Does that make sense? Agreed. Yes, agreed. <laughs> sorry, Stuart, I, there's I so much good there. I just on you, Adam. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's great. There's there's so much good in there that I want to dig into. Um, what I'm what I'm hearing here is this wasn't you didn't just sit down and dream, man. I'm going to have this uh, consulting business that does website publishing and works with thought leaders. There was, this wasn't a straight line from no. you had this idea to do this. This is a, a life story of different experiences that then kind of culminated right. in you founding Sandstone Group. And I mean, can you speak a little bit about like um, your ideas and your getting there and also maybe chance or, or luck like you mentioned, Michael, you right. guys met at Intercom, right? So yes. can you speak to that a little bit? You bet. Uh, Michael uh, is a cool cat. Uh, I, I really enjoy He and I uh, are on the Daily Show now. Uh, we send it out every day on the podcast channel, uh, Energy News Beat. Uh, every day, he and I get to bicker at each other. I mean, we talk about uh, geopolitical. We talk about all things energy. But Michael is a mines grad, School of Mines. He graduated. He played baseball there. And uh, Adam, uh, he wanted to be a podcast host. And so he was calling all these people saying, hey, uh, I want to do a podcast, but I'm the only one that returned his call. 
So I returned his call, and then he and I started doing a podcast, and we got up to that 25000 per episode. It's because we have a great chemistry. We have so much fun. He is uh, got his master's now in uh, from the uh, School of Mines, and he's probably one of the most brilliant, don't tell him that I said this, but he's probably one of the nicest, brilliant young men that I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And and so we just have a blast doing the podcast. And so that's really how we got started in it. Does that make sense? That's great. Yeah. So when you went out on your own, can you talk about some of the challenges of starting your own firm and, and kind of breaking? I mean, I'm sure you had some some network and some connections, but yep. I'm sure I think a lot of times we kind of like talk about small, you know, starting a small business or right. entrepreneurship and it's all just, just roses and daisies and, yep. and uh, steak dinners and it's easy. Nope. But can you speak to some of the hardship <laughs> on um, running your own business? Cash flow. And I think that's the number one problem for everybody. Cash flow. You can be profitable and still go out of business because of a negative cash flow. So um, being undercapitalized and cash flow are critical. Believing in yourself is the next one. If you don't believe in yourself, your employees won't believe in you. Your customers won't believe in you. And that goes back to industry thought leadership. You can, Again, you can see my whole pattern here. If you're not the leader or you're not an industry thought leader or your employees are not going to follow you, it makes it tougher. You can get there, Adam, but it makes it tougher. You're making me think of, I'm a big history fan, and um, you're making me think of Caesar, actually. <laughs> Why would, um, Julius Caesar. <laughs> well, because he was, I'm we old. don't realize that he was a, th he was a thought leader. Oh. No, um, <laughs> he was a thought leader. He, right. While, while uh, I just recently came across this, while he was um, leading the war in, in Gaul, right. he published a book on writing, like, this is how you should write. And in the meantime, he's writing back to everyone in Rome and staying right. in the political circles and up to date while publishing this book, while writing daily dispatches to his right. whole army. So it's exactly what you're talking about. He was able to accomplish the great things he accomplished because of his thought leadership. Right. And if anybody thought he could do it, it was definitely yeah. <laughs> that, that man right there. You so, um, so taking that thought leadership. So um, as you launched the firm, like, what was the first service or product that you offered at Sandstone? Um, pretty much just web development. You know, you start with something that you know you can do, uh, and then you build it from there. And we knew that we could do podcasts. We knew that we could produce things. Uh, we were actually producing um, webinars and conferences. One of our uh, good customers was... Uh, Abe, the American Association of Blacks and Energy, and they were cool. We had so much fun doing their podcasts and uh, doing their, their because it was in energy. And I mean, we just had so much fun talking about energy, diversificate, diversity. I mean, the whole thing, it was a blast. So then we find some more of those kind of customers and uh, like Adamantine Energy she is an ESG uh, consulting firm that is just top notch. 
So we were also producing her podcast as well. So uh, that kind of blended itself. All of a sudden, we kind of went, oh. It was then we got involved with a doctor for um, uh, health and wellness. That turned us into social media, web development, and everything else. And then we also got involved with some oil and gas companies that needed money raising. So we then, taking thought leadership, you drop that down to an article, fans out everywhere else, but then you put in your keywords and it is alternative investing or whatever it is. And I could even drop things right in on certain things and everything else because of the mechanism. Because of that mechanism for marketing in the machine, it's really a um, a, a lead gen machine that I built and it worked so well, I just picked it up and dropped it from oil and gas to healthcare. <laughs> same thing, same engine, same everything else. It's just I'm pointing it over here looking for new patients or I'm looking over here for new investors or I'm looking over here. And it's an amazing thing to have that kind of an engine. I just have my employees pick it up, chink, redirect it, goes this way. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So you're talking about uh, this blending of engineering and marketing and science and art, this idea that distribution is what you're getting at. You might have great ideas. You might even have great original content, but if you don't have the delivery, exactly, what's the point? Exactly. So, and I guess kind of going back to your, you know, you keep coming back to thought leadership what has enabled you to learn all these disparate elements and then connect them all together like a, a Lego, <laughs> like a Lego set? It, it, and uh, that's a, Adam, that is an absolute fabulous way to say it because they are disparate systems. Uh, I mean, nothing I'm doing is, and I'm not an expert in anything. Uh, I just, one thing I did learn in the MBA, if you don't know something, who do you ask? So th that's what an MBA, if you learn anything out of an MBA, that's what you learn. Who do you ask? So uh, each system, let's take HubSpot as a CRM and website and everything else. That's great, but you got to have a website in order to do that. Oh, and then once you have the website, you got to have other business tools. You have to be able to import that into accounting. You then have to also have uh, agency type software for uh, all of the social media. Just shoot me in the foot with social media. I am a non-social media fan. However, it works. So, um, you know, you got to use what works, but we have software that we drop in and my employees will post for folks and it will fan out to all of their social channels just by posting at one time in the uh, agency software. So if you can't automate things, you can't make money. So, mm. um, very good to know. The, the only way that I, so you guys are using do what you guys are using tools like you mentioned hubspot you're using tools to automate out are you building any of your own in-house processes or software oh yeah um, the, uh, you, there are lots of them like uh pipe drive uh and zapier 
integrate in with everything else. So you use these tools, but you have to set up the logic using those one, those uh, tools. One of my clients is a doctor, and we've integrated his office lab into blood labs and being able to buy them. So his, his uh, patients can buy the blood lab, automatically goes to the system, and then goes over here, and then they can go walk in and get their blood labs. Integrating all these three or four different software pieces means you have to have software that works in between everything. So being a nerd, being able to do all this together, and then I write this doctor's, he gives me uh, paragraphs and topics and writes it, and then I take that and then I bring it into a full-sized article and he, we do five, uh, one every day, five a week. And then my staff will input that into his websites and then we put it into his Substack, and then we put it out on all of his social media channels. So the doctor starts with his paragraph. It rolls then to his um, uh, website. From there, it goes to his Substack into all of the social channels and everything else. Oh, that's the same thing that I do for energy. It's the same thing I do for dentists. It's the same thing. It it is a and it's automated. Cutter. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if I That's answered brilliant. your question. So, <laughs> no, you you absolutely did. That that, that was great. Um, so, if you were to sum up your journey in in building Sandstone Group today, what would you say about it? Where where have you guys? come from and where are you guys going? Uh, I'm in the beginning stages, um, but I know that this is going to be a uh, um, a long, fun road. I am not planning on, I've still got another 30 years. <laughs> well, you answered my next question. Is, I mean, do you, do you ever think you would retire? Would you no. sell your business? Would you exit? No. no. And the reason I say that is, the thought leadership, I am hooked, Adam, on being a podcast host. I absolutely love talking to CEOs around the world. I've had the pleasure of um, about, I'm on 119, I think, uh, or 100, excuse me, 100 interviews with CEOs on my section of the podcast. Our daily show, we only started back up in December. And right now we expect that we'll have 70,000 downloads this month. So I, I'm having, I'm addicted. I mean, I, this is like heroin, that's, you know, to a guy that loves to talk to people. This is, you know, podcasting is my heroin, I guess, is the way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And that's you, great. There's it's no great. reason to retire. There's absolutely. I love it. I love it. So uh, my, my, my father always said the same thing. My grandpa even, uh, gosh, almost 90 years old, he'd still come into our office, uh, grab a desk right. and be working on one of his, uh, he was a geologist, so he'd be working on a prospect even in his right. late 80s. So I love it. I love that 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 mental mindset. <laughs> a lot of people Stuart, call me if mental. We, um, <laughs> <laughs> one last question in closing. When you shared the idea that you were going to start your own business, and if you did yep. with others... Were they incredulous? Were they encouraging? What was the feedback you heard? Um, everybody was supportive uh, because they knew that I did not want to go work for somebody else. 
I mean, I, I'd had enough, uh, corporate America to, uh, and I wanted to be my own, uh, own, uh, boss. So. That's great. So largely positive. Uh, yes. Scary, but positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stuart, uh, thanks again very much for coming on the Energy Builders podcast. I look forward mm-hmm. to future conversations. Where can we send people to find out more about yourself and Sandstone? Well, thank you, Adam. And I, I just really appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, and uh, outstanding questions. You did phenomenally. Um, <laughs> thank you. I don't like being on this side of the desk, Adam. You did really, really good because I like being the one asking the questions. This was tough for me. I appreciate it. You did great. Um, They can find me at either uh, energynewsbeat.com. You can fill out, you can read all the stories, you can listen to my podcast, get bored, take a nap, it's a cure for insomnia, or uh, find out the energy news and everything else, and then, and or my LinkedIn, uh, Stuart Turley on LinkedIn. I just really appreciate you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please do us a big favor and leave a review in whatever podcast app you listen to or share with someone you think might enjoy this content. Thanks a lot for listening to Energy Builders. Energy Builders.